Thanks for joining us for Welcome New Life's Sermon of the Week, where it's all good news. To stay up to date on all of our weekly services and events, please visit us at wnla.church. Please enjoy this week's sermon. We hope it encourages you. All right, we're going to jump into the Word of God today because we love the Word of God, as I mentioned. Uh, Let's pray. Father, we come to your Word today to have our lives changed and our minds renewed. Father, we bow to your word. Father, teach us, instruct us, lead us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you missed last week, uh, I will sum it up for you with this simple shoe illustration. Uh, last, We're doing a two-week series here called A Passion for Posterity. And several people are like, we don't know what posterity means. Does it have to do with your rear end? No, it has nothing to do with that. Posterity, as you, you know, is, is the generations before and after. It's, your, it's the legacy. It's your lifeline, all right? So here's the deal. This is, this is what we talked about last week. Which shoe do you want to wake up to in the morning? The shoe that is still tied or the one that is untied and ready to put on? Um, I bring this up as an illustration because I hope this kind of goes into your mind. Every time I go get home at the end of the day, oh, it's been a long day. My temptation is to just kick my shoes off without untying them because today Andy has worked hard already and he needs a break. But what am I actually doing in this? I'm actually robbing tomorrow's Andy of an easy start, of a better, better future. And so, and so I, I always say this to myself, oh, am I, am I robbing tomorrow for the sake of today? And I still sometimes kick those shoes off anyway, I'll be honest. Uh, or you buy the sliders, then you don't even have to worry about it anymore, right? But last week we talked about how do we set up the future generations, living in this, this tension. We believe that Jesus could come back at any moment, amen? amen. But we, also, we need to live like that, be ready as if Jesus would, could come back any second. But we also need to live in the same tension that he may not come back in my lifetime. That he may not even come back in my kid's lifetime or my grandkid's lifetime. I need to live my life in such a way that I'm untying the shoes so that the next generation can have a legacy that they can stand on my shoulders. we got a wall to climb over. Maybe I don't get to reach that wall, but I can lay my life down as a foundation for the next generation. And it's not just about my personal family. We are the family of God. We're talking about the generations of Christians that are coming. God wants the whole world. Amen? Amen? Amen. Did he come to die just for the people that are currently in church? He came to die and rise again for the entire world. He loved the whole world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever, regardless of your skin color, your ethnicity, your background, he's come for you. And he's still coming for you right now. So if you came here today hoping to get under the radar, he's coming after you folks. All right. So. Last week, we used King Ahaz as our example. King Ahaz was set up. King Ahaz had a great dad who loved the Lord, who, who followed the Lord. His grandpa uh, was, a, was a great guy. Um, but Ahaz just went all over the place. He started sacrificing and worshiping any God he could get his hands on. And the Bible even says King Ahaz would kill his own kids and sacrifice in fire. Now that, you know you've gone wrong <laughs> if you've arrived there. But Ahaz, for all practical purposes, seemed like he had a great setup, and yet he wouldn't untie his shoes for the next generation. And so that was what we talked about, living our lives in that legacy. Today, we are going to look to Ahaz's kid, Hezekiah, to learn the secret of what it is to heal my past and at the same time being preparing for my future. Listen, I believe Hezekiah, this story, 
lean in, I lean in. I believe Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, lives a demonstrated life that has the potential. It is a key to heal your past. Amen. Maybe you didn't understand that. I believe how Hezekiah lived his life gives us a key, a demonstration on how you can have your entire past history healed. So that curses generate, they don't have any effect on you. So you should be a little, does that sound good to you? So here we go. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he was handed the keys to the kingdom. In fact, he was handed, handed the, the, the title. In fact, his shoelaces were all knotted and gross. And he was handed this. Here you go. God was not pleased with the nation because they had gone to idolatry. Because King Ahaz led him there. And King Ahaz handed his son a nasty, tied up, uh, almost an untieable shoelace. Like not, 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 over and over. Couldn't even slide it on. And this is what Hezekiah, the 25-year-old, was given. All right, so this is where we pick up. I'm going to start in 2 Kings chapter 18. Uh, we're going to read verses 3 through 7 today. It says this about King Hezekiah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. Now press pause. His dad was Ahaz. We have to clear this up. King David was actually 14 generations prior so why is he called, why, why did he call his father David? Because David was the one given the promise. Amen. And so when you're stepping into the promise, it's, oh, I'm stepping into the, the line of David. Even Jesus, when he came, was called the son of David. Because this was the legacy, the throne. All right, that's a side note. So here's what, here's what Hezekiah did. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made, for up to that time, the Israelites had been burning incense to it. It was called Nehushtan. Talked about this in the past. I'm going to press pause here. Nehushtan. Um, this, this was a bronze snake. Now, this... This thing had, been, had incense burned to it for over 600 years. And Hezekiah, for some reason, had it in his mind, we need to get rid of this. You realize 600 years ago, Christopher Columbus still hadn't set on his sail for the ocean blue, right? In the 1400s. That's how long ago this was ingrained into the culture, that this was Okay. This, and in the moment, God instructed Moses to make this bronze stake. Hold it up. Everyone who looked to it will be healed of this disease. And so they're like, hey, that was great. Let's continue to worship this thing. Idolatry. 600 years of idolatry. David didn't destroy it. Solomon didn't destroy it. None of these folks destroyed Nehushtan until Hezekiah came along. This is significant. Because there are, there are 600 years of culture ingrained. This is what we do. This is okay. Oh, it's no big deal. We've always done that. And Hezekiah had it in his heart to destroy it. All right. It says this. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands of the Lord uh, had given to Moses, and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. Amen. I'm going to stop there because we've just received Hezekiah's secret. Maybe it wasn't obvious to us here. Follow me here. We, now, now, what we don't get is why. Okay, last week I told you, we don't, under, we don't know why Ahaz did all the stupid things he did. 
We're not given the inner monologue, the, the, uh, the soap opera, as to why he decided to do all of this. We're just told that he did these terrible things, and as a result, the, the protection of the Lord was removed, the blessing of the Lord was removed, and the nation went astray. Now again, we're not told why 25-year-old Hezekiah, who was given a, a crazy knotted-up shoe, decided to untie all the knots. I don't know why. The motivation, I think the Lord wants to leave the motivation as to the why, up to you. But the truth is, here's what he did. We don't know why. We don't know what the, we, we just know that he did it. He untied the shoe. And as a result, the Lord was with him and blessed everything. And the nation prospered as a result. So we don't get the why he untied the shoelace. But here is the secret. Are you ready? You want to write this down. You want your past healed? You want, you want your, your future healed? You want, you want what happened to Hezekiah to happen to you? Here's the secret. This one word, honestly, I'm not even making, I'm not, I'm not trying to be lighthearted here. This one word will transform your past and your present and your future more than any other word. If you will embrace it, I can't give you the motivation to embrace it. You get to choose based on truth. Will you embrace this one word? And the simple word is repentance. This one word, repent, will change your past. It unties the shoe. That's the secret to untying the shoe. Repent. Repentance. Repentance unties every knot. Repentance heals your past, present, and your future. This is, this is why it's so bombarded to us in Scripture. John the Baptist comes before Jesus, and he says what? Repent! The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus comes along, and he says, but unless you repent, you'll perish. The book of Acts, the, the, the apostles says this, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands people everywhere to repent. The book of Revelation, the grand finale, we get this, repent and do the first things. Amen. Repentance isn't a new thing. Amen. It is the important thing. Repentance, this... Folks, if you have trauma in your past, if you've been handed a, a shoe full of knots, if, you're, if you've been handed a messy life, here is the trick. Here is the key. It's repentance. Amen. Now, what is repentance? Is it the moment where I'm weeping over what I did? Yes. But if I continue to do that, I haven't truly repented of it. I just felt sorry for it. Feeling sorry for it doesn't necessarily equal repentance. What does repentance mean? The literal translation of repentance is to change your mind. Amen. So for instance, I am doing this. I'm, I'm eating these maple bars. To repent is saying, I will not eat these maple bars anymore because they're not good for me. That's what repentance is. The true test of repentance is I'm going to go, am I going to go eat those maple bars again? Because I'll, in the moment, I'm like, oh, I feel overweight. I am so sorry I ate these maple bars. I'm, I repent, I repent, I repent. And then tomorrow, oh, that maple bar looks good. You see, I, I'm not saying repent based on your emotions, although the Lord uses those to draw us to repentance. But the true test of repentance is tomorrow when I feel skinny and slim and I'm feeling great and I see the maple bar. Will I go ahead and eat it because I feel like it? Now, maple bars aren't a sin. Please don't hear that. 
Well, <laughs> but repentance is a change of, your, you change what you believe. And you know, that's, that's one of the hardest things. You ever tried to change somebody else's mind about what they think is true? Repentance is a change of your mind, 180 degree turn. No, I thought this was okay, and it's wrong. I repent. I was wrong. I was I was I was wrong. Right? I was wrong. That's repentance. Amen. To change what I believe, what did Hezekiah do? He repented for the entire nation, everything. You know what? We were doing this. We were wrong. Smash. And I'm smashing these things because I don't want to wake up tomorrow and want to burn incest to the snake again. So i got to destroy it in my life because I know it's wrong. This is what Hezekiah did. I don't know what his motivation was. I do know that he did it. And as a result, the Lord's hand of blessing untied the knot for him. That is what repentance is. I want to I I stop for a second. If you'll throw me my... Uh... All right, here we go. When I put this on, I will become the most brilliant scientist you've ever met. All right? See, now you'll believe... Oh, I've been doing science for a long time. That wasn't brand new. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, I want to talk... Quickly, I have a couple science points that will help us illustrate and understand this. And, and I want to thank, uh, thank some folks in the church who sent me this. It was a TED talk about epigenetic marks. Epigenetics. And, and, uh, and it so blessed me. Uh, because epigenetics, in, in, in its core, and, and again, I, I want to try to explain this in an easier way. These are the marks. These are the, these are the cells. They're, basically, it's red light, green light. These are the instructions that read your DNA to develop who you are. Okay? So when, 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 a, when the baby's first uh, fertilized, there, there's, a, there's a lot of green lights until the cells start becoming more complex and they start deciding, oh, you know what, you're a skin cell, so all these other things are red lights for you and these things are green lights. And, and, uh, and, and so it starts to develop your, your stem cells into, into the cells that create you. And they continue to do this this day, these epigenetic marks. They're red light, green light. They read, this, they read the DNA for you. Now, here's the thing. Trauma affects your, the epigenetic mark's ability to read your DNA. Now, trauma is a, is a large term. But yes, so, so here's the deal. When, when uh, we talk about sperm, we talk about eggs. When, when I'm experiencing trauma, it affects what's going on there. The, abil the ability, they've done tests with these, with these mice. They, they, they took the mother, mother mouse and, and it, all sorts of stress to the mom and dad mouse. And as a result, the baby mouse came out and had all sorts of problems. Take it, they did, took the same mom and same dad mouse, and they, they let them have a peaceful environment, healthy eating, and their, the offspring was healthy. Now, this is actually good news, okay? So I'm not trying to, oh, my parents were messed up, and now I'm, I'm really messed up forever. Because what they're discovering is that we can affect the epigenetic marks. We can transform, in the latest cancer research, 
What's cancer? Cancer is, is the cell doing things it's not supposed to because these epigenetic marks are not reading the DNA correctly. It's being told no. It's being told yes when it should be told no. And so what's happening is, is they're trying to go back and influence these epigenetic marks to cooperate and do what they're supposed to do and tell the cells to do the right thing. So it's not just major trauma. We're talking about things like smoking. We're talking about things like drinking, eating unhealthy, not exercising. These things all affect your, your body's ability, these epigenetic marks, to read the right information. But here's the good news. Eating right, not smoking, changing my habits, actually then can reverse the effects of these, and it can start reading them correctly. What is that in a nutshell? Let's take this to the spiritual level. That's repentance. It's saying, oh, you know what? This was wrong. I repent. And as a result, things change. Now, we know this secret. When you spend time in prayer, when you spend time in worship, when you spend time in the Word of God, do you realize what it's actually doing? It's fueling even your very cells to start cooperating and functioning the way God designed them. It's creating peace instead of stress. By the way, stress is just long-term panic and fear, which is trauma in a nutshell. And you're, you're doing trauma to yourself when, I, when, I'm, when I'm walking continual stress. Now, listen, you can stop and repent and do the first things and say, no, Lord, you're the truth. I'm going to feed myself on that. And as a result, it will, and not only for you, but for the generations that come after you. You can influence these things. I take captive every thought and I make it obedience. This is what the core of Repentance is. You take sin. Sin at its core is the most traumatic thing in your, that's ever happened to mankind. Right? Adam and Eve. They were, folks, did you know that your body was created to continue forever? You know, this is, this, this is, this is, this is kind of crazy. But when God created Adam and Eve, they were not intended to die. They were physical beings just like us. But their cells were designed to continually re to, to fix themselves, to, to function correctly. And what happened? When they said yes to sin, it, was so, it so traumatized the human condition to the very cellular level that it started to kill everything in its path. Now, I can't change Adam and Eve's decision. But I can repent of sin. Folks, repentance brings me back to my birthright, eternal life. This is why Jesus had to come. So that you could repent and have eternal life. Repentance has the opposite effect of long-term trauma. It has long-term health. It has renewal. Now, I can't convince you to repent of things, but I can tell you what the result of repentance is. It's an untied shoe. That's the, that is the heart of repentance. Repentance actually can change your past, your future, and even what you pass down. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe the Lord? 
Now, now I want to take this a step further since I still have my science jacket on. Sin cannot enter the kingdom of God, right? Can I bring a baggage full of sin into heaven with me? No. It can't come with me. Okay? When I repent and I call on the name of Jesus, he so removes and forgives my sin that it's gone. He forgets about it. The Bible says he forgets about it. He sees me as what? Right, the righteousness of God, which is why I'm able to enter the kingdom of God now on earth even. I can go into his presence boldly. And I can also, go, I, when, I, when, when I die, I get to go be there forever. Amen. Because I am no longer a sinner. Yeah, you know, we say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner, but that's not who you are at all. I am not, I can't say I am a sinner. I'm not. Even Paul gave himself the out. I don't understand what I do because it's not me doing it. When I sin, it's not me doing it. That's a dead, dead man walking. He removes that sin so that you are the righteousness of God. Folks, we have to understand this. Because the more we believe that I'm a sinner, the more I believe that, oh, I always struggle with this. What am I saying? I'm saying, I agree with this circumstance. I'm dead. I'm death. I deserve what I get. Instead of saying, no, I repent. I change my mind. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't deserve any of that anymore. Amen. Sin has no hold on me. As long as I deserve it and keep an eye on it, as long as I believe, see what I'm doing? I'm believing lies. I'm believing lies. And the key to a transformed life, to heal your past, to heal your present and heal your future, is to repent and say, no, this is what the word says. This is who Jesus is. And so this is who I am. Amen. I want to I, I bring back one more science experiment from a couple years ago. We, we talked about the two-slit experiment. We did a series a couple years ago, great series, by the way, called Creating with Light. Remember that one? In that, uh, you've, got, you've got particles, which are objects, and you've got waves, right? And they, would, they pass through a... I'm not going to explain this super well right now, okay? But uh, they, they set up a barrier with two slits in it. You shoot a bunch of particles, like I'm shooting a machine gun. The, the, the top is the pa particle pattern. Of course, they're just going to go through those slits where they make it through. Waves, however, when they shoot a, a light wave through it, they would go through it, boom, and they would then go through and affect each other and create a whole different pattern on the other, other end. Makes sense. If I, if I passed a water wave through, it would pass through, and then there would be two waves coming through that slit, then they would bounce off each other, and all the impact points would be like this. All right. Then they took this down to the quantum level, to the photons. This is where my science jacket stays on. And, 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 and they passed these photons through. And what happened was, when they were looking for it to be a particle, that's what it was. And when they were looking for it to be a wave, that's what it was. It changed based on the observation of it. And not only that, okay, and I, again, you're going to be, this is a little, little too much, but, 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 but this, the effect of observing it changed the outcome. So if I came into this experiment looking for it to be a particle, I saw particle patterns in the end. When I came into the experiment expecting it to be a wave, I saw wave patterns. This is the quantum physics that just blow my mind and I just love it. But here's the example that I want you to understand. In this illustration, we're going to call sin the particle. If I come into my situation looking for me to be a sinner, Believing that I'm a sinner, what am I going to start seeing the patterns of in my life? The slip pattern, 
it affects. What, I, the, what, I'm, what I'm looking for, what I believe, affects the outcome. But if I repent, oh, I'm not a particle. I'm a wave. I'm going to ride the wave of the Lord Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God. That's what I believe about myself. And, and what am I saying? When I change my mind about what I am, I'm repenting. This is repentance at its core. I repent. I am not a particle. I am a wave. Guess what you'll see the results of? The wave pattern. We'll call that righteousness in your life. Now here's, I'm going to take it one last step further. In, in these science experiences as well, they, 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 you can take, they're observing the photons, and they, let's say they take the first pattern of particle. They, if, they, if they retrace the steps, they would say it's always been a particle. If they went into the future, it's always been a particle. It always will be. They take that same, that same photon and they trace it back as a wave. Well, it's always been a wave. It always will be a wave. Here's the step I'm taking, and I want us to, just for fun, to, to, uh, to jump into. When, I, when you repent, when I repent and say, Jesus, forgive me, I was wrong. Forgive me, I was wrong at what I did, I was wrong at what I believed, I, I only believe your word, forgive me, transform me. And he says, yes, I will remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. By the way, forgiveness means to remove. Not just be like, it's okay. I know it's still there. He, he literally forgets about it. He removes it. Sends it away. So when I come to Jesus and I plead the blood, he sends my sin away. Now I'm the wave. So as, long, as far as the Lord is concerned, if he's looking at you, he sees the wave as far as you've been in the past and as far as you will be in the future. The particle of sin is no longer attached to your being. And that's why you can enter the kingdom of God. And that's why you get to go to heaven. And that's why this trauma, the stuff from your past, the sin from your past, when I repent of it, it's removed. And all that's left is the pattern of wave in your life. And so when you start to see the particle pattern show up again, you say, no, 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 that doesn't belong there. That's not what I'm looking for. I've repented of this. There's a profound uh, thing I can't even describe when I start to believe that my past really is forgiven. When, my pa when, when I shatter Nehushtan, when I destroy the altars like Hezekiah, there is a, it literally transforms you. If anyone who comes to Christ, he is a, he is a new creation. Amen. That means the gunk from your past. It, it's no longer part of your makeup. And if you will allow the Lord to be true and what you've seen to be a lie, you will walk and be able to hand down an untied shoe to the next generation. What did Hezekiah do? We don't know why he did it. He repented of everything. It's like, this is wrong. What we've done is wrong. We were, we were wrong. We were wrong. We were wrong. We're going to destroy it all. We're only going to serve the Lord because that's what truth is. Amen. We're no longer a particle pattern. We're the wave pattern. We always have been, always will be. And the Lord restores the kingdom then. I know, I'll bless you. I will continue to bless you. We'll call it quantum repentance. 
you can step into a repentance that heals your past. It's called justification by faith in Jesus. You can ride the wave of forgiveness. I've always been righteous. <laughs> you know, I know what you did last summer. The Lord doesn't anymore. <laughs> I, you don't believe that. I, I got to read you the verse. Hebrews 8, 12 says this. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Does Jesus have a memory problem? No. He literally makes it not exist anymore. And so he would be a liar to say, yeah, I remember what you did. It's true. He will remember your wickedness. It's not that he, he's not smart enough to remember. It's that he has so removed it and destroyed it, it doesn't exist anymore. And yet we walk in a carnal world that we continue to cling to our past like it is going to destroy my future. And if you repent, it is gone. Will you believe the word of God and repent and believe it? Or will you continue to walk through the patterns of this world? Do not conform to the patterns of these worlds, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? I believe what the word says and not, what my, not, what I, not everything going around. Well, well, dad died of this, grandpa died of this, I'll probably die of this. That's a pattern of this world. You don't have to die of that. Repent. Amen. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He has forgiven all my sins. He healed all my diseases. He transformed me so wonderfully. And so then don't continue to go back into your prayer time and like, Lord, I remember what I did when I was 15. Don't you remember? How much of your prayer life is wasted reminding God of what you've already been forgiven of? I'd be like me saying, hey, you remember, remember when, I, when, I, when, I, when I broke your, your record player? I never, what are you talking about? And you, kept, you spent most of your time trying to convince me that you broke my record player. And I'm like, I, I still have my record player. You never broke it. It's, it'd be like talking to a crazy person after a while. How much of our prayers become crazy because we continue to repent of the things we repented of a hundred times? Because we're trying to convince ourselves. That's why we continue to repent of it. I want to free you to believe it the first time. Amen. To be fully convinced. Be fully convinced that he has healed you and fully convinced that he has healed your past. So that the sins of Adam and Eve don't have the effect on me. Sins of grandpa and grandma and great-great-grandpa and whoever and whoever and whoever doesn't have the effect on my day because I am a new creation and I've repented. And so here's what I want to do. Stephanie, if you'll come up, put on the science coat. No, I'm kidding. But you can come up. She'd do it too because she just loves me so much. I just want to spend a few minutes. Stephanie's going to lead us. In, 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 if Play the, uh, the third song. <laughs> you guys do it. I want to spend a few minutes, each of us individually, in repentance. Whatever it is, the lies you've believed. Yeah, and if you've stumbled and you've fallen into sin, repent of it. Yeah. Say, Lord, I was wrong. I don't want to do that anymore. That's not even me anymore. Would you forgive me in the name of Jesus? I plead the blood of Jesus. And he'll say yes. That's why he sent his son in the first place. Maybe you've, you, you don't feel like you've been a sinner, but you're believing 
you continue to believe the lies that the culture throws at you. You continue to believe the things that, that is driving you crazy. You're continually stressed out, depressed, and, and walking in the, mud, in the mud because you're believing things that, aren't, that God hasn't said about you. Just repent. Repentance doesn't have to be a time where you weep and wail, although it is a, that, that can be part of it too. Repentance is, Lord, I was wrong. And when you repent, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you'll bow your heads. And as Stephanie sings, I just want this to be an intimate moment between you and the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into repentance right now.
Church, God is not a man that he should lie. He does not give as the world gives. So here's what I mean by that. If someone did me wrong, and they're like, hey, I'm so sorry. Andy might say, I forgive you. I'm certainly not going to trust you again. I don't remember what you did. Right? This is the flesh. Yeah. And then we put, that, we, 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 put, it's, we put that on God. As if he says, you, and you, you could totally screw up. <laughs> oh, God, forgive me. And, and he's like, I forgive you. But then we live a life as if God forgives us, but he'll remember what you did. I, I, I forgive you, but I'm not going to trust you anymore. That's not how he forgives. That's not how he gives at all. Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I repent. I forgive you. But Lord, I really am sorry. Oh, sorry for what? That's, this is literally how his position is now. What are you sorry for? You know what I did last night. I don't know what you're talking about. You're my son. When I look at you, I see, I see Jesus. When I look at you, I see righteousness. Now go live that life. But, but no, stop treating God like he's a human that, that, that's going to remember everything that you've ever done. You repent, you're forgiven. Now walk in that righteousness. That's how you untie the shoe for your tomorrow, for the rest of today, for the generations that come after you. That's how you untie the tangled, knotty mess of your past. I repent. All of that was wrong. That decision was wrong. What was handed to me was wrong. I repent, Father. I'm in. I'm all in with you, Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. He's like, woo! That's my son. That's my boy. That's my daughter. That's my girl. That's the one I created to go proclaim the good news you're the righteousness of God church let the word of God transform your mind don't fit into the patterns of this world so the Lord bless you and keep you let his face shine upon you because he sees you as righteous and so it's shining on you he's not looking away in shame from you he's shining with a huge smile oh that's my kid May he turn his face toward you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Walk in that peace and that joy. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.